Hey everybody, this is Safi back with you. Um, thoughts of an unstable mind, Safiism. I got Piper here and we got a special guest. Piper. Hey everybody, I'm excited to be with you. Why don't you tell them about our special guest that we have here today? I have a very today. special guest tonight. I've, I think I've known her for 25 years. How long has it been? 20 years? Since long time. 98? Long time. Weren't, long you time like, weren't you like our neighbor behind our house to the left, a couple of houses? Yes, I was in Kingwood. This is Melanie. Yeah, I had an FBI agent down the street, and then I had Melanie behind yeah. me. Actually, she's also my realtor that helped me with my real estate. So Melanie Harb, if you need a good realtor here in Houston, Texas, I would use her. Go ahead. Uh, I just put that plug in for you. What do you think Thank about that? Thank you. I love it. There Thank you, you go. It was like an infomercial. That was awesome. <laughs> so we're here today because Melanie first has never been on a podcast, and she kind of, I think, you kind of like the Sophieism approach. I do, definitely. She, she likes it. So, like, what kind of stuff, you know, why don't we talk about this? Um, I forgot. Piper reminded me. Before we start, Melanie, my apologies. I have to do my disclaimer because my goal is to never and I my goal is to never offend anybody. That is not my intent. My intent is to give people the insight. So here's my disclaimer. My name is Safi. This is my podcast. I don't know what I'm supposed to say, but I will tell you what I believe. So please don't ask me if your baby is cute and don't ask me if you're fat. All right? All right. There's a disclaimer. Thank you, Piper. So well, we're here with Melanie. So Talk to us. Like, what's your thoughts? Like, what, what do you like about this whole approach of this foundation and the belief of self-accountability for the preservation of society? Doesn't that sound good? Like, come on, Melanie. Doesn't that sound kind of cool? Like, <coughs> Sophieism. I asked for it. Oh, the belief in self-accountability for the preservation of society. Talk to us. Well, I think everybody should hold themselves accountable for the stuff that they do. Why? Why? Well, that makes us a better society. But we're not we're not teaching kids that nowadays. Like, if you're not good at something, we don't tell them to try harder. We just tell them, "Oh, it's okay. Better luck next time." Right? Right, Piper? Yeah, we just give them a big, warm, fuzzy hug and a completion medal. Yeah, I mean a participation medal. Um, so you think people should be somewhat responsible and somewhat accountable for their actions? Absolutely. And and why do you think we're losing that? Do you think we're losing that? I guess that's the question I should ask. I should assume what you think. I think so, because I think people feel like they're entitled. Why? Because of the way that they were raised. So A lot of families are working. Okay. A lot of moms and dads are working. So I would look at this as this. So I know being a parent um, firsthand is probably one of the most, if not the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. And getting fundamentally aligned with my wife on raising these kids was a challenge in itself. So I could see the challenges when parents are having kids, right? And now they're raising these kids and they're working and it's it can be very hard to raise the kids. But I would say, are you ready for this? What we're missing is discussing fundamental core values, which I've discussed it in previous podcasts. Um, I think that's what we're missing with these young kids. Like, let me ask you a question. And we don't have to say his name, but you have a son, correct? Correct. How old is your son? 24. I might be calling you out on here, but I can't. I have to be who I am. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Have you ever had a discussion with your 24-year-old son about fundamental core values? Honestly. Probably not. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean by fundamental core values? And it's okay to say no, and it's okay to say yes. 
She's looking at me with an unusual eye, uh, asking herself, why no. did I ask her this question? <laughs> okay, so here we go. What are fundamental core I mean, values? I think I, I know, but... Don't worry about it. Ahead. I'm going to tell okay. you. Don't worry about it. It's okay. So what are fundamental core values? Fundamental core values, to me, are the things that you believe in, that you're raised with, that you will not budge, period. Um, example, um, religion. Your religious views. Um, uh, you go from kids. If you want kids, let's just say you and I are dating, Melanie, right? And you want kids. And I'm like, oh, God, I never would want kids. That's a fundamental core value. To prolong this relationship, knowing that I never want to have kids and knowing that you want to have kids, you're prolonging the inedible, which means you're going to part ways. Religion. Let's say I'm a Buddhist and I believe Buddhist is the way. And you're like, no, I think it needs to be Christianity. And I want to, I want to be a Christian. Well, maybe if you guys don't have kids, you guys can maybe manage it. But then what if you have kids? Are they going to be Buddhist? Are they going to be Christian? Are they going to be neither? That's the fundamental core value. Okay. Also, you know, I always say it's not like you like, what's your favorite kind of ice cream? What flavor? Coffee. Uh, coffee. Well, if we're together and you like coffee and I like vanilla, is it going to break us up or anything? No. No. It's, you can agree. But religion, right? Kids. Finances. What's your goals in life? I want to save money so that I can retire by the time I'm 50. And you may be like, no, I don't want to save money. I want to go enjoy the world while I'm still young. That's a fundamental core value. Okay. A new one. Are you ready? Politics. Yes. Politics now. We've learned this. Um, fundamentally, people can be very headstrong. Now, remember, everybody, when I talk fundamental core values, I'm not saying one's right or one's wrong. It's for the relationship for both of y'all, period. So I, I, I'm not saying my views are always right or wrong, but I would tell you me and my wife are fairly aligned on our fundamental core values, hands down. So what I tell young people, and I would tell your son, if you're finding a potential suitable mate, much like Piper and I, we discuss fundamental core values. We discuss the finance. We discuss the religion. We discussed our goals for our retirement. We were very like-minded. The one thing we did not discuss because we weren't privy to was how to raise the kids, which is a separate story. But thank God we both hit a reset in our lives and we collaborated and came up with what we believe is a path with this Sophism approach to allow our children to succeed. So have you ever had a talk with your son to discuss fundamental core values with a potential mate? Melanie. Not with a mate. Okay. So, would you like my unsolicited thoughts? Sure. What I have learned in life is, okay, we have a, a kid in the background. I think Piper's going to step back. She is. But Melanie, you're going to still hang I'm out still here and here. talk. Okay, so now it's just me and Melanie. Piper's going to go be a mom. Thank God for moms. <laughs> so, what I always say is, when I talk to young people or I talk to people in general, and I ask, the first thing you should do, and, and, and when you meet somebody, yeah, it's fun. You're going to have fun. But there's got to be a point where you discuss these fundamental core values. And yes, it's uncomfortable because you like that person. You gained, you got this, this fondness that you're drawn to them. You got this lust. You're excited, right? But at the end of the day, if the goal, if the goal is to have a successful mate, and this goes across the board. It doesn't have to be the same sex. It can be different sexes. It can be 
mutual sexes. It doesn't make a difference. It's still the basis that needs to be discussed. Fundamental core values. You discuss. Ask those questions. Do you want kids? Okay, I, I, I would want kids. Yes, that's great. Well, how, are you a religious person? How's your faith? Oh, you're, oh you're, you're a very religious person that believes that you need to go to church. Oh, me too. That's like-minded. And when a fundamental core value, and I'm, I'm going to repeat it, it's that one thing that you just can't budge, like telling a religious person um, their faith is wrong and it's the, you should never go down that path. It's just not going to happen, period. Um, those types of conversations need to happen and have it honestly, because if the goal is to have a successful relationship, your probability is much greater by having these types of conversations. What's your thoughts, Melanie? Which I have had some conversations with him, probably not as in depth that I need to. Okay. That's good. So yeah, I mean, I've told him in my opinion, um, I don't know how to say this without sounding judgmental. Uh, no, but go ahead. I I told him who I felt would be the right fit for him. Okay. So as far as you know, somebody that's educated. Okay. Um, somebody who works as hard as he does. Somebody who doesn't rely on him to take care of her. You know, somebody at his level. That's good. So, so you're kind of you're kind of guiding him, and yeah, he's guiding him that way. I haven't really talked about religion. I never so what it. I would tell you is to take it one step further, because I will tell you this: from my experience, when fundamental core values are aligned, a lot will work out for those individuals. Why? We're more likely to compromise on the ice cream, on this color paint, this house. To collaborate, and you're more likely to give and take in those relationships. But when a core value comes across, hypothetically, this is another one. Are you ready, everybody? Some spouses, whether it's male or female, I'm, 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 I'm on a bell curve. I mean, one would say that the female may not want to work. That's a bell curve in general. That's not a fair statement, but it could be the man. It could be the female. If one party says, I don't want to work and I want you to provide, if the other person has that same expectation, it's going to work great. It's going to align. It's going to work out great. Yeah. But what if the other one's like, I don't know about that. I think you should also work too. Now, that could be a challenge because I've seen other people in other relationships where they might be with another mate that had access to resources from another avenue, whether it's a family member, a parent, right? And they're, that's all they know. So that's their expectation in a suitable mate. And that to me is a financial fundamental core value. Remember, it's not to say right or wrong, whether I agree or disagree. It's what works for that relationship. If one's willing to always provide and one's willing to not provide, and that's what they want, bravo. So you know, I think I would take that one step further and ask him those questions more about what he wants from the mate. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Not what mama wants, what, what you wants. what you can potentially see that might help guide him. But he has to ask himself, because remember, you know, we want to please our parents, but he's the one that's going to be, if he chooses a path of marriage, whoever that person shall be. 
he's living with that person. And I would tell you, a happy household is when each party has respect for each other. And I'm going to take it one step further. And I've said this before. In order to respect anything or anybody, whether it's a car, cat, dog, or human, you first have to care for it. Right? We always tell him that. You have to care for it. He doesn't care for his car. He doesn't care for his money. (laughs) Right? So in order to care for it, if you want to love something, you first have to care for it. If you don't care for something, how are you going to love it? But in order to care for something, you first have to have respect. It all starts with respect. When I respect my car, I wash it, I service it, I take care of it. When I respect my animal, I feed it, nurture it, and love it. When I respect my mate, I do the same. When I respect my house, I tend to it. I save money for the house knowing it might need repairs because I respect my domain. Because when you respect, then you can care. When you care, then you can love. What's your thoughts on that? Am I too much? No, actually, that's a great analogy. I I try because I I, I look at, uh, you know, in my life, we're always taught. And we actually are, believe it or not, everybody, we're, we're very um, like-minded in our culture, but I believe we were raised religiously different. Is that a fair statement? Yes. You are a Palestinian Christian, and I'm a, I was born a Palestinian Muslim, which I am not a practicing Muslim. And religiously, I have my um, challenges or non-challenges with it, and that's a whole other podcast. Oh, Mama Bear just showed up. Here's Piper. Most important job of the night. Okay. Everybody's asleep. That's all that matters. Continue on. So, so um, where was I going with this, Melanie? Before Piper came in here, what was I about religion? Yes. So I was talking about how how we both actually share that culture and some of the the most challenging things in my culture that was taught to me is you are to respect somebody because they're older than you. You're supposed to respect somebody because they're your uncle or your aunt. Um, They're your mother or your father. I struggled with that. I did. I really, I struggled with that a lot. Because in order to respect somebody, I would first have to care for them. How am I going to respect somebody that I don't have, I don't care for? So I struggled with that. And blood is not thicker than water, period. Whoever told you that, in my opinion, is a crock of shit. Blood is not thicker than water. What is thicker than what blood, in my opinion, is when you respect somebody and it doesn't have to be blood. So it's these social norms and these social platitudes that dictate all this bullshit that I say. Um, I'll say it out loud. My mom knows. I have uncles I have no respect for. Her, her brothers. I'll say it. And my mom asked me, I was actually had to do a trip for work to um, South Bend, Indiana, right, Piper? South Bend. South Bend, Indiana. And where I was going was South Bend, Indiana. I actually have an uncle there, my mom's brother that I haven't seen in God knows how many years, and nor do I care to see him. My mom asked me politely and said, oh, you're going to go to South Bend, all excited, being a sweet mom. She said, oh, are you going to go see your uncle? I looked at my mom and said, Mom, I have absolutely no desire to see him, nor will I go out of my way to go see him. So to answer your question, no. I don't care to go see him. I have No. My mom knows how I am, obviously. If you listen to my podcast, you'll know how I am as a person. Um, I don't know what to say, but I'll tell you what I believe, and I did. 
And my mom just left it alone. And he was probably 10 or 15 minutes far from where I was going. I might even drove past the shop. But I don't care. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Because if I don't respect somebody and they don't respect me, what value are they to me? If somebody doesn't have value to me and to help me be a better person, why do I need them in my life? Oh, because they're my blood? No. I think they use this. I think a lot of people use that to, to capture people, to well, cripple I them. I say you can love somebody from a distance, but if you like them, it's forever. Yeah, it's a good question. So good... it's, it's a stronger statement for me to say I like you. People used to laugh at me and say, why do you say you like your husband? I'm like, because I do like him. I have people in my she family really that I love, me. but I do not like. I don't think she really likes me. I think she just tolerates <laughs> I'll tolerate me. you. But I like you. But I mean, to me, that's a stronger statement to say I like you than it is to say I love you. But it's just interesting. I, I can go down these cultural um, plateaus. You know, it's interesting. I always say this, Melanie. Do you know what dictates a social plateau? Platitude. I mean, platitude. Thank you, Piper. A <laughs> plateau would be straight down. You're there. right. Platitude. Okay. Say that again. What dictates what? What dictates the social norm? It dictates the social thing that is perceived to be right or wrong. Oh, I got her stuff. It's okay. Go ahead, tell me. So, <laughs> it's simple. The majority. Thank you. Oh. Is the majority always right? No. I don't think so. So, I'll give you an example. Yes, I'm going to go back to health. It's the easiest one to use. Back in the 70s, people would make fun, which I do not agree with. One more time, I do not agree with. I'm just using this as an example. We would make fun of people that were overweight because the majority of people in this country were thin and healthier. If you based health on BMI, let's just say that. And they, you would see the term body shaming was more acceptable because the majority of people weren't overweight or obese. Well, as time progresses, now we're in 2020 and it's the polar opposite. 2021, it's the polar opposite. It's the polar opposite. For the first time, nothing is wrong with this. Capitalism is based on the majority because they don't care about anything about other than getting your dollar. So when you see these... Um, advertisements shifting, they're only shifting to the majority. Why? Because they want your dollar. It's not this kumbaya that people think, oh, I can't believe Victoria's Secret. Now they're putting um, heavy set women. No, they, they just know that the majority of people are now overweight and they want your daughter, your dollar. And the only way they're going to get that dollar is to attract the majority. I'm sorry, spoiler alert. They really don't give a shit. It's the majority of people now are overweight and obese. So what are they going to do? I'm going to advertise to those people because they realize their stock went down dramatically. They were getting criticized with people saying, oh, they've just put skinny models. So then they shift it and now their stock's going up. Bravo. I might have to consider to buy stock in Victoria's Secret now. Um, but that's really what it is. So remember... Uh, I probably should re repeat my disclaimer. I don't know what I'm supposed to say because people tend to forget, but I will tell you what I believe, right? And this is this is capitalism one-on-one, -on -one, period. This is just the way it works. Um, those are my thoughts. Go ahead, Piper, Melanie. <laughs> I kind of went on a... You don't think anybody really feels like they love what they're doing 
as far as changing the way that they're marketing? Oh, I think the market is dictated. The best way to explain it to you is the market is dictated by the consumer, period. The consumer dictates what is bought and sold, period. So you're saying if people just stopped using their Facebook account and stopped posting selfies on Instagram and stopped using Amazon, that all of this mass media of propaganda would go away. I think a huge portion, but I think what people neglect to realize is that the social media is worldwide and we are a minuscule speck in that avenue. Um, But I do think they will change their rhetoric because at the end of the day, the only way you can change one's behavior is when you can affect them financially. So when people, I hate the term boycott because I don't agree with boycotting, but I believe people that have a fundamental view on something and they don't are not aligned with another person's avenue or whatever resources that they have, whatever products they have to sell, and you're not aligned with that, then just don't support the product. You don't have to say anything. Don't go out there and Twitter it and just just affect them by not supporting them. Well, doesn't China do that for their people? They regulate the internet? Absolutely. People don't realize how... What are, um, what are we doing here in America now? Are we regulating the internet? Well, off the subject. Surprising, right? The most predictable people are divided people. And the most predictable people are people that are driven by fear. You already know how their actions are going to be. So the communists are regulating the internet. Well, and the people in America are regulating the internet. What makes us different? That's a very good question. You have all the control. Just stop using it. I, by the way, my only flip phones, people. I, I, I don't really get on social if media. I flip phone is Do I out. even have? I don't have a. I don't have any personal social media. I think my first um, Facebook was it. Do we even have a Facebook for Sophieism? I think we do. Do we? We did. We had yeah. to shut it down because of the number of messages that we were getting. Personal DM messages on Facebook were there throughout the night. Was it? Was were they being mean to me? No, no, no. Just people reaching out. Hey, what are you doing? I mean, just oh, odd. Like no conversation. Just looking for somebody to speak back. Oh well, either way, I believe. Yeah, um, Facebook is. I believe very odd. It was only business related, yeah, but I had to I shut, shut the entire account down, especially once I saw what Facebook was doing on a worldwide scale, and then comparatively, like what's happening in China. And what's happening in America looks very similar to me. So I decided not to support that platform. Well, I think people don't realize they have Regardless more. The, the average American has far more control than they have than they believe or know than they know. But unfortunately, it requires forfeiting some of these luxuries that we like. Um, I think, you know, if people would stop supporting quietly, quietly, I, you know, I go back to um, my Dunning and Kruger, our past episode, Melanie. Um, opinions lacking knowledge or experience is the highest form of arrogance, which basically our whole country now is being driven and moved in the direction of opinions that lack knowledge or experience because these politicians can't relate to us common folk, if that's the term you want to use. Um, it, It just blows my mind. But either way, I just quietly won't support something. And there's things that I won't say because my personal prerogative that I don't support, that I don't watch anymore, period. And it's fine. And I believe in my mind that when enough people do it, they will change their tune, much like Victoria's Secret. Who would have thought Victoria's Secret, out of all people, 
would start having plus size models. I never would have imagined that. But financially, they were hurting. You have to cater to the masses because that's where the dollar is. And it is what it is. But people don't want to say that. People are like, oh, Victoria's Secret is great and sweet and they're nice. No, they were concerned about their stockholders and going bankrupt. So they had to change their whole image. It's crazy how they can portray this wonderful kumbayage of acceptance when the hidden agenda was, are we going to have to shut down? Are we going to go bankrupt? Oh, no, here's a smart person. Why don't you cater to the masses? And it worked. Bravo, Victoria's Secret. Capitalism at its finest. But we don't want to say that. We want to say it's, we care about all people's inclusion. sizes That's and inclusion. It's inclusion. It's we inclusion. love people. So love here's the irony. Here's the irony. And you can test my theory if you're, if, 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 well, I don't know how we could test it, but if everybody decided, I don't know what I'm supposed to say, but I'll tell you what I believe. If 70% of the population decided to, to reduce their BMI, to a healthier BMI, not to say that overweight people are not healthy based on what the CDC and um, the guidelines say is a healthy BMI. If 70% flip that around to, to the majority, I guarantee you Victoria's Secret would no longer have plus size model, models. <laughs> I mean, that's, those are my thoughts. Oops, we made a mistake. Oops. Our stock's going down. I'm sorry, Victoria's Secret. You're just the easiest one for me to use because it kind of knocks two birds with one stone. Um, health and capitalism, when it's really not health, it's your stock. So that's it. It is what it is. I connected some dots for people. I'm sure people won't like it, but um, anything else? I can see Melanie. She's just okay. This is hilarious oh, because hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on, stop. I'm looking at Melanie and she knows that I'm not filtered, right? And she's like, I can't believe that Safi just went with this podcast in that direction. And she's like, I'm actually in this. I'm I mean, she's shaking her head like she's no, just <laughs> she just can't. <laughs> we should probably wrap it up. Anyway. All right, yeah, we're at that time. Um, Melanie, I'm gonna um, have you say something before we get off. Go ahead, anything. <laughs> Melanie, we're getting that awkward silence. You have I know, because this is my first podcast. Oh, you're doing a great <laughs> like, job. You're doing a great job. <laughs> she really is, y'all. I'm not really even saying much of it. Well, <laughs> no, but you're giving us some thoughts. You, your participating has caused me to continue on my verbal diarrhea, <laughs> right? Isn't I thought that was the goal. That's the goal. I thought that was the goal. My vanity. There's no limit to it. We shut you down. Yeah, yeah. So give us, down. give us some thoughts. Finish, give uh, us something. I learned a lot today. Great. <laughs> Melanie so, learned. Well, we're, we never stop learning, right? Like I that's know. the goal. Like it's, it is. Like your, your relationships should challenge you to learn more. Whether that's through what you're listening to, who you're visiting with, who you're hanging out with. I mean, if you're bored. Well, it's like the, not learning. That's a problem. It's like the Dunning Kruger. I'm not that confident, well, people might perceive that I'm arrogant, but what I've learned in life, and the more I learn in life, and I've said this in the previous podcast, is the more I learn, the more I realize how little I know. And I, and I really do mean that sincerely. The more I learn, the more I realize how little I know. So it's it, I enjoy these conversations. And exactly. Like, After sitting with you two, I feel like 
I know very little. Oh, don't say that. No. <laughs> well, we don't either. I don't. Through the conversation with you, Melanie, you took me from one point and it just manifested into me um, kind of calling out Victoria's Secret. Not in a negative way. It really wasn't negative. I'm just trying to give people the insight as to really what the motivation was. And the motivation is truly capitalism, because that capitalism allows them to flourish and create more jobs for people to work, et cetera, et cetera. It's a wonderful... Which allows our social program. So, exactly. I mean, there is a benefit, a plus and a minus to everything. But, well, listen, um, this is our episode with Melanie. I don't know what we're going to call it yet. What do you want to call it, Pepper? Think on the fly. Don't base your life on fear. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Agreed. Don't base your life on fear. fear. Perfect. Continue learning. Continue learning. Um, this is Safi signing out with um, Safiism, Thoughts of an Unstable Mind. Piper, Melanie, y'all want to say bye to everybody? Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Have a good night.